today is Palm Sunday. Give it a wave. Come on. On the day, people were cutting these off the trees. Full leaves, full branches off the trees. People were taking their coats off and putting them down in front of a horse to walk on. On that day, that's what he's doing. Palm Sunday's named as such because of people cutting the branches of the trees and putting trees, putting the branches down to act as a carpet for horses to walk on. For a carpet for a horse to walk on. Well, cult of a donkey. Jesus riding a donkey that he'd just been given. In our readings, was just told, go and take that colt. You find a colt there, go and take it. And if anybody asks, saying, the Lord needs it. Man, take it away. He rides in. As he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill, called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to him, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you'll find a cult tied. We all found a bit. When he, came, when he comes near the place where rolled goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples begin joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they've seen. Mount of Olives is just outside Jerusalem. It's to the east of Jerusalem. It's probably daybreak, probably morning. Jesus is coming in with his son behind him. It's a big thing. Jerusalem, old Jerusalem, is probably about a kilometre square. That's about as big as Birchwood. No, actually, it's about as big as Locking Stumps. It's a kilometre square, a bit bigger than Locking Stumps. Not a very big place. And he's riding in from the east to the east gate with the sun behind him. Big occurrence. It's a big event. Cut the reading, please, again. It's, it's, uh, it's the uh, first reading from 35 onwards. So he brought the cult to Jesus. They threw cloaks on the cult and put Jesus on it. And he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. Again for us. Again, when he came near the place of Mount Olives, just outside Jerusalem. The disciples began joyfully praising God in loud voices for all the miracles they've seen. The whole crowd of people. That's not just the 12 disciples. That's the entire crowd. It's a big mass of people come to see this taking place. Jesus riding in. The next one, please. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the eyes. Not unlike, you know, peace in heaven and glory in the eyes that the angels sang 30 years earlier at his birth. Glory to God in the eyes and peace on earth and doing more his favours rest. Not too dissimilar. Next slide, please. 
I will come to this later. We'll turn it off now, brothers. So, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If this mass of people are quiet, the stones will say, Why are you not praising? Why are you not saying, Wow, is it? Why are you not saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord? Peace in heaven and glory in the eyes. The stones themselves, if they're quiet. Jesus, the the right, the, 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 the uh, this is in Luke. Jesus is talking here. This event's taking place. He's going back to what was written in the book of Zechariah, 550 years beforehand. This was started the cult of worship with. I read it out to you again. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you. Righteous and riding a donkey. On a colt, the full of a donkey. Her righteous and salvation. Gentle and riding a donkey. On a colt, the full of a donkey. I'll take away the chariots from Ephraim. On the war horses from Jerusalem. On the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from the sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> it's not exactly a low-profile event. Salvation comes to town and it's not a low-profile, stealth-like approach. It comes in daybreak on a week when Jerusalem is beginning to fill up. This place, a kilometre square, with people living in villages and outside to it, is beginning to fill up. It's not a low-profile event. Jesus enters a city through that gate, which is basically next door to the temple. And you can't miss the temple, by the way. The temple is massive. The temple probably takes up about a quarter of Jerusalem's main town. It's a huge thing it is. I'm going to tell you a bit more about this temple. Admit. He, he enters straight into the city and takes a straight left into the temple. This is quite an impressive building. It's not the original one that Solomon built. It's on the same sort of area. Solomon built the temple a thousand years earlier. Then the temple was rebuilt about 600 years before Jesus. And it's been rebuilt again quite a few times, added to for a period of time. This one, though, has a major, major rebuild. This one has been built by Herod, that well-known, God-fearing type character. It was every bit the kind of person you think he probably was. Herod. Not the Herod that Jesus goes to to um, try to be judged. This is the error that Jesus, the that Jesus, that God wanted, that Herod wanted to kill Jesus 30 years earlier. This is that error. This is the error he wanted, the massacre of the innocents. This is the error that killed his own sons and most of his family, basically. 
Not a particularly nice bloke. This Herod actually sieged Jerusalem with the Romans about 60 years earlier. About 90 years earlier than this event. And Jerusalem fell to Romans with Herod then about 60 years before Christ. What he liked doing, Herod, was building things. He built a lot. He built a whacking big palace to Mark Antony. He built, because he's a good Jew, he built a temple to Augustus in Caesarea. So he's a bit dodging his religion, really. He wasn't quite, you know, he's edging his bets a little bit there. And he built incredible palaces round the top of Jerusalem. Built an awful lot. Raised a lot of money in taxes. And he built this massive rebuild of the temple. In a very Greek Roman style. Quite impressive place. I wonder why he did this. One of the things people put forward to why he rebuilt the temple was that he was actually selling religion a little bit. Because Jerusalem didn't have much going for it. It doesn't have natural resources. It doesn't have a big river. It wasn't particularly strong. Edward wanted to raise money and he thought, what we have got here is we have a temple. So I'm going to build a big temple. I'm going to set up a pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. And that's what he did. So what we read later on, when Jesus enters the temple... When Jesus sent to the temple grounds, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house was house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. We all know the story. He turns tables over. This is all part of the way things are now there. The big pilgrimages. He actually set up a guard post to encourage people. It wasn't a big thing to come to pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Herod just thought, we can make money out of this. We rebuild a temple and we establish Jerusalem as a big city. Something as big as Birchwood. So Jesus turns the tables off and said, look, there's more to it than this. There's more to it than buying and selling doves and things. And dodgy deals where you're changing cash over. Not having that. Jesus spent most of that week in the temple proclaiming the good news and healing the sick in the temple as well as talking to the priests and the Pharisees who were desperately trying to catch him out. All in all, it was the most eventful week in world history after the creation. Right, it's a big week. Jesus spent his time talking to the people, proclaiming good news. And in Matthew, he talks about healing the sick and laying while he's there. He's not just talking the good news, he's showing the good news and he's doing the good news. Zechariah says, see your king comes to you righteous and having salvation. Back in February, I was talking about salvation. Oh, it was Ed Knowledge. 
It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It's us knowing that one day, one day he's going to smile on us with love and watch us rise again. But one day, by this, he's going to watch us rise with love. This is rise. That's what that is. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling inside salvation. Salvation is head knowledge. I know I am saved. I know you are saved. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. And that's what Jesus spent that week, that week before they crucified him, proclaiming that. That I will give you eternal life it was all very very public he chose the most public place in Jerusalem the biggest building the temple grounds and the, the, law, the Pharisees and the religious law really tried to catch him out I like this classic one which goes from the Pharisees Jesus questioned and they're 20 and he says, um, there they are saying, tell us by what authority you're doing these things. Who gave you this authority? Because we certainly didn't, says the priest. But what does he say? He doesn't tell us, does he? He asks the question. Joseph's baptism, from heaven or human origin? They have a big discussion about themselves. They say, if you say from heaven, he's going to say to us, why, don't you, why didn't you believe him? And if you say of human origin, we're going to get stoned. So these great leaders, these great preachers, these great priests, they come up with the best answer they can think of, which is, we don't know where it is from. <laughs> Classic, eh? So where's it from? We don't know. We do know where it's from. But if we say it, we're going to have problems. We don't know where it's from. They must have felt foolish when he even spoke those words. And then he says, neither will I tell you which authority I'm doing these things. You know where which authority I'm telling me I'm doing these things. But you ask me a question you should know the answer to. Who else can raise the dead? Who else can heal? Who else can forgive sins? Whose authority are you doing these things in? They're just asking stupid questions. Salvation came to town, big style, that week. So I've got a question now, because I can see some of you dozing off. I can understand that. When does salvation come to our town? How does salvation come to our town and our communities, in our place here, in our workplaces, in our schools? I think it comes, you know what, through us, 
I think salvation comes, it's been delivered by what we've been told to deliver. In Matthew 5, we are told that we are salt and light. And in 5.14, it says, you are the light of the world. You know, we all think of Jesus, you know, Jesus light of the world. Jesus is saying to us in Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city in the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it on a bowl. Instead, they put it in stands and give it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So it's question time. This is our interaction stuff. Give as many answers as you like. Every one of them will be right. All right? There's no prizes. Except perhaps this, which you've already got. One at a time, don't all jump at once. Where do you think the church, our community here, where do we show us God's salvation? How do we do it? What are we doing in the community and in our church meetings and things? What are we doing in our community in Birchwood? Shall I start us off? Yeah, I reckon messy church. A good example of messy church. That is church-led. The other week, there's 35 kids, I think, there, perhaps more than that. All the parents, places right, sort of buzz. Messy church, I reckon, is a good one. Where we're beginning to proclaim salvation, beginning to proclaim that one day he's going to watch us rise again. He spent a week proclaiming that in the temples. So I reckon messy church is one. Give me another one, please, somebody. Passing car park. Treats. Anywhere else? Trotters. Yeah, Trotters is a good place for it. We had to talk about Jesus there, but we, know we will do if we're asked. After, after group there, don't come to the church. Maybe a third of the group don't come to the church. Anything else? Service of the mouth. Where else? Come on. In the church. In the schools. Anywhere else? Coffee and crafts. Great. Anywhere else? Work. Anywhere else? Where's it come? Anywhere else? Home. Sorry? Community. We're doing this. Live around there. Bible story. Anywhere else? Cars for the doors. Anywhere else? Spring Harvest. Anywhere else? See your name. Boys Brigade. Oh, guys, rainbows. There's loads of places. Loads of places where we are given the opportunity to proclaim the news. It's amazing stuff. Matthew 15, again, says to us, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, it puts on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Let us this week rejoice in the places where we've got lampstands that we've placed there and that's been placed by others before us. 
And I want to call here to all of us now to think in the coming weeks of where we can go and put some more. Where we can put more lampstands. Thank you.